Good afternoon, guys. How we doing? Doing great. How's everybody? Pretty good. good. Perfect. Doing good. Uh, welcome. We are the reboot. We meet Wednesdays, one thirty Eastern time. Talk about issues faced with any with small businesses everywhere, anywhere from human resources, uh, business plans, playbooks, sales, marketing, tech, you name it. Today we're going to talk about. Microsoft Flow and Power Automate. Some of you may not even know what that is. Uh, that's that's what we're going to cover today. Before we get started, my name is Brian Bradshaw. I'm with BNL PC Solution out of uh, Long Island, New York. And David Luft with LBB Consulting out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Brandon Bowers, uh, Eisner Amper, Managed Technology Services out of sunny South Florida. So you can see my background. And there you go. <laughs> and I am Dave Groot. And with Windstar Technologies in Culpeper, Virginia, it's not too sunny here right now. Pretty cloudy. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. So um, I think there's been probably as is pretty standard with Microsoft some name changes, product enhancements, and and merges with different products and services. But uh, Flow, Power Automate, Automate uh, that that technology. Um, I, I personally am not well-versed in it, nor is, is David Luft. We're kind of here to give minimal input and just make sure you guys are saying the right things. That's really our role today. Um, what I do know is from what I've seen and used, I mean, we use Flow internally for simple things, and it's that that simple process automation for we use it for we have a requesting days off form. We have that done through Flow, and um, – uh, it's pretty cool. We did all of our when we all of our Microsoft licensing was was due for uh, contract renewal. I created a flow um, in SharePoint, and basically, it's a form that I sent to all my clients, putting in their information. It's, it's and you could customize it as as much as you want, but it was pretty simple. First name, last name, company name, how many licenses you require, and by checking this box, you're agreeing to a one year term on the on the license and submit. And now I, I have that uh, in house. Uh, there's a ton of other uses and predefined templates that they've, they've come out with, and there's a ton of people out there and other third-party add-ons you can do. And I, I think it's just going to blow up once people start getting a little more comfortable with the the everyday use and, and automation that you can do with it. But um, what do you guys want to hit on first? Yeah, I, well, to, to add to just what you're saying in terms of, like, adoption, so when it was Flow – you know, a lot of what you needed to do or build out, I felt like was manual, but there's so many templates available and Microsoft is constantly adding and making things available. And then there's ways that you can import and share and go to marketplaces where other people have, they call them flows now, um, automations, um, because it's called Power Automate, but um, there's all kinds of cool things you can do. And most of your Office 365 subscriptions includes some level of Power Automate, depending on, um, I, I mean, I, I think like 90% of the Power Automates you would set up as a user are probably already included in your Office 365 subscription, which is really cool. Cool. And there's you, also, uh, David, sorry. I'm sorry, but on top of that, you, now we have Power Apps, right? Which is the low code or no code development. And then you put Power BI with that, that's the trio. So now I've got a mechanism that Power BI is something that allows me to collect data from many, many different places, many different sources. And then it's kind of like almost like uh, a SIM 
on some level because yeah, I got the word in guys. Simp. <laughs> um, but it is because what a sim does is it normalizes data from different places so that we can then read those logs and look for, for things and anomalies, right? And so when you're using Power BI, you're, you're bringing data in and you're normalizing the structure of that data without actually modifying its source, but you're making things common or at least shaping it so that you're able to then use it in common pulling it from disparate sources and completely different platforms, right? And, and then if you have that power app development capability, that's like a low code, no code mobile device driven, you know, developing quick, fast solutions for either in-house or to go to market or, or whatever. Um, so that's just to go on top of what Brandon was saying with the, the flow and the automate. And and to kind of explain at a very basic level, so when we're just talking about Flow or Power Automate, that's that's really the ability for any user, not just an administrative user, to create basic automations between the different systems that you already have or use. So you want to get an alert when an email comes in from a certain person pushed to your cell phone, like you can do something like that. We had a case in the past um, this is a, a real life use case. Like 10 years ago, we had a customer that every time they got an email in from one specific place, had a PDF in it, they wanted that PDF downloaded, moved into a certain folder, and then something to happen with it. Like things like that, that you don't really think about that people are manually doing today. Um, you can actually leverage tools like Power Automate to just streamline the whole process. Nobody has to do anything. You just have to make sure you kind of pre-program out those rules. Um, I have some use case examples that I can share, you know, as we get a little bit further along um, or when we're ready, but um, that, that's what I like to think of Power Automate as like, hey, this thing, this repetitive task that I do every single day, is there a way that I can start leveraging Power Automate to just streamline it? So either I don't have to do it or admit it, an admin doesn't have to do it on a regular basis and they can do some really cool <laughs> stuff like that. As well as what you were alluding to, David, in terms of, mm. hey, you've got data coming in from different sources. Potentially, you can use Power Automate to make sure that that data is getting to that centralized place or platform so you can report on it with Power BI or leverage. But, uh, I, I, you know, all those things are completely accurate, and I'm not even beginning to argue that. The power is where all the users can get to it, right, where, where everybody's in. So, but... You know, um, the 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 like some of the the benefits of that uh, the the Power BI like we're taking it past Microsoft or past like let's say I can then the more invested I am in the platform the more I can take so if I have a compliance license where I'm using the compliance product or I'm using the security products those are data sources right those are part of the Microsoft Graph database that I can pull straight into Power BI. So now I'm able to utilize those same tools for security events, for security remediation, security, you know, communications or, or automation in a lot of those same aspects. So it, it while the power for the masses is indeed what you want to show and what we'll talk about for the remainder of this conversation, I, I don't want to leave it unsaid that it, it can go as deep as you want it to go. And it, it doesn't necessarily require that you even see Power BI or Automate to be able to take advantage of it as an organization. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. And there are 
I think from what I, my experiences with any conversations I've had, there are people that just do uh, what you're talking about, power BI programming. And that's, that's their, their job. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of, of the top, top tech yep. positions out there today. Um, yes, yep. it, it mm-hmm. is very much so. And, and to be honest with you, I think there's more and more positions where they're looking for people to do power apps, set up power automate to create flows between all the different types of systems. And although uh, it's power apps are what low or no code, there's still some like technical knowledge that's needed. And then if you want to integrate further with some of the process automation that power automate can also do which that's even like a more advanced topic i don't feel like we can touch right now um yeah i i think this is going to become a a dedicated role in organizations at some point but it can it can be as technical as it needs to be right sure right i I, I was alluding to use visual studio you can tie it into sql you can be dropping stuff into teams you can be you know it Hmm. it, it's all over the place It, it, it is I mean, look, A, every organization, okay, looking at this from a perspective of just data mining, right? Every organization is already using the Microsoft platform or a lot of them, a good part of them out there. And so to take advantage of these tools, if for nothing else, just to understand their usage and their trends and their needs as an organization, uh, is powerful, but then to take that and automate processes on the manufacturing floor or in the shipping department or in like, and you can just eliminate, and it's not about getting rid of people. It's about getting rid of mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. Of the common things that are just being done. Like Brandon says over and over and over the mundane tasks that don't take any interaction, personal people yeah. type back and forth. And so yeah. get that. So your people have time to spend on that human interaction and on that part of the service or the product delivery. So I do, do we want to talk about like maybe some of the more common or useful and maybe start, you know, easier solutions that you could potentially deploy using power automate? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Starting maybe at the, the more remedial level of people that don't may, may not know what it is or know little about it. What's, what's a, 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 you know, a use case that we totally. talk about that that someone watching could say, you know what, we need that in our company, or we could do that, or that's great. Something that's uh, there's things Brandon can show you right now, and I'm sure he will that they can take back to their office today and yeah. put to use. Like, I'm sure with very little effort. <clears throat> so the the first thing that I wanted to talk about, and I felt like would be helpful for any small business, um, and you mentioned you were doing this already, Brian is PTO management. So depending on what system you have in place, having an easy way. In the past, every one of our customers always wanted a shared calendar that had all of the PTO you know, approved requests listed on it and synced to everybody's Outlook. And so there was an easy way that any employee could go on there and look and see what's available. And Power Automate provides a very easy way to do that because what you end up doing is you can set up a flow that somebody submits a request, which is mobile friendly, you can access it in Teams, you can access it on your mobile device. And when you submit that, it goes to the person's manager. You could have multi-level approvals. So if there's two people you require to approve requests, you can go through that route however you need. Um, Request justification, whatever else. And then it will automatically, once approved, 
notify the end user if it was approved or not, as well as put it to that shared calendar that everybody has access to. That's all, once it's in place, a very simple and automated process. No one needs to do anything other than I'm gonna submit the request using a very simple form. You know, they get a page inside of their teams that says new request, put in their name, date, goes to the manager. Um, I, I would say we've got 20 or 30 customers at this point that have adopted a similar workflow to that. And I mean, they're very happy with it because in the past it was an admin that had to constantly manage and update that shared calendar. And now they don't need to do that anymore. It's just automatic. Yeah. I saw, I saw something uh, last week before on, on the PTO uh, customization through flow and automate, and they actually had it down to their mobile app and they showed a demo and I could put the link in the chat. They, they had somebody, sign in with, with, with their office credentials, right? And in the app, they just, you know, they saw they had 12 days remaining. I want to request these two days or this day and a half, submit. And then they can see their pending request. They can see their approved request, their denied request. That goes to the manager. Managers gets an email, approves it. It goes right back to that user on on, on their mobile device. I mean, that, how easy is that? You know, and then it gets, it gets put on the calendar. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, now, where do these templates come into play as opposed to building it yourself? I mean, how much are the giving you and is it worth it to look into those? Um, anytime that I've built a flow, I always start from a template if I can, because it just okay. it, it's already sort of built out and then you create the additional connections or add in lines that you feel like you need. So when you go into Power Automate and you go to hit add, <laughs> immediately you have the option of either new blank or new from template. And then they give you a list of common ones or you can even filter by like, hey, what applications am I looking at trying to integrate? So you can select Outlook and OneDrive as an example, as your two apps. And it'll give you a base of, <clears throat> I was just looking at it a little while ago. So some like simple things that I feel like people do on a regular basis. Um, hey, I want every email coming in from this person to convert the attachment to a PDF and then store it in this OneDrive folder, the SharePoint folder for our company. So, hey, maybe... Uh, the accounts receivable department gets invoices all in a, a specific mailbox or a specific user, and you want all those invoices to get dumped in, renamed under a certain format, you can do all of that automation and start from a template and make it very simple. That's great. That's great. And, I, and, and, and there are, as you said earlier, um, I, I saw one that actually will, if there's a, um, if you're on a team and you're using um, any type of, of shared storage or you know, Dropbox. If there's something that gets submitted, uh, you can get, you know, we use Teams here, but if you're using Slack, you can integrate, you can be notified in Slack that something just got dropped in your Dropbox. Um, so without having to go and look and find, it's all there. Another couple uh, flows that we have active right now in our in our environment um, so, for example, we require time submissions twice a month. Um, we're using ConnectWise for ticketing and, you know, on not the anymore. 16th. <laughs> well, they're not using their own exactly. system. Exactly, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so uh, rather than me actually sending like a Teams message as, hey, guys, make sure you submit your time at the end of the day, I've got something that on those dates automatically, I've got a template that sends out, it goes into a team. And it sends a message as me on the 15th and 30th or the last day of the month to remind people to submit their time. Um, another thing that we do right now is we have like a, a news alerts and threat intelligence channel. 
And so we used to use like RSS feeds where we would pull news and information from different places. Now we use Power Automate to link to some of those feeds of information and then it pushes those alerts right into teams for us so all of our, our technical guys can see that information in real time right inside at teams where we kind of work out of that's great um i had i had a couple other um documented ones that i feel like were really good use cases so mm -hmm. with compliance requirements nowadays there's a lot of needs around change management um I'm, I'm seeing everywhere. So whether that's application level change management or just like employee, you know, hey, we've got a new hire. They need permissions to access something. We need to track those changes in permissions. Um, and people are using forms for that. But to some level, it seemed kind of manual. So, you know, with a form, the data kind of would just sit there in Microsoft Forms. And then, well, who's going to approve and how do we set up an approval process? And um, Power Automate makes all that very simple. So you can have the data automatically go into a centralized database, whether that's an actual database or a SharePoint list or an, just an Excel file if you want to. And you can use that similar approval process as the PTO. So it can go to a certain manager or an assigned person who approves, so like the security officer, it could be of the organization. And then when that gets submitted, it could either email or you know document into that database. So I remember, David, you were mentioning something, um, or Brian, maybe you mentioned you were using this for like hire requests, right, for certain clients. So they submit a Microsoft form, it goes mm -hmm. to an approval, and then you guys get a notification once it gets approved that it's ready for you guys to kind of start your work. Yep. And then you've got that central repository, um, or I'll call it center of truth, that you know, hey, this is who approved, this is when it happened, and you can have a pretty clear change management process using just like these basic tools that come with almost every license of Office yeah, 365 so, yeah, we, now. We, we, we'd created um, the flow and the automate from, like you're saying, so they wanted, and, and we broke down the type of access. Is it website access? Um, you know, because we they have a certain amount of filtering in place. So, okay, it's website access. The maximum amount of time you're allowed to this is, is one month. So you pick, you know, one day a week, a month. Another type of access is they need an application installed. Um, and, and so each one of these, they, they would pick and then, and then the results would change based on what the previous selection was. Uh, they submit that, that gets submitted to the head of compliance for approval. She approves that. We get the approval. We go ahead and, and, and do our work. Simple process, but it works great. Uh, the nice thing is that's only accessible on the company network in, you know, because of the access that we set up. Um, <clears> they can't be on their home computer and, and doing stuff like that. Uh, so, so it is controlled. Um, because it's linked to their office account, and it, it works great for them. David Groot. I think that's David Groot raising his hand. Let's see. Yes, David, go ahead. So my only question or cautionary tale there would be that you're storing all of that compliance-related information in your customer's tenant. And when a breach occurs and their data is no longer available, that evidence and or incident response plan and everything else that's there is no longer of any use. So while those are all great things, I recommend that that gets put somewhere else, not necessarily in the client's tenant. Well, there's well, no, that, there's no I, the only, it's only request for access to something. It's not anything, mm -hmm. you know, uh, PII or anything like that. 
No, I would but if also you're trying to store a, evidence and such for governance sake, then that, which is what the flow right, is that Brandon's right. talking about. He's, he's, that's what he's laying out. Now, it's all great. You're right. All those things are exactly true. My only caution would be that if that tenant gets compromised, then you potentially, the problem is that is necessary, like uh, from a compliance perspective, if you can't get to that data, then you're not compliant anymore. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, technically, all the data <clears throat> would live in decline as well. All you're, of their, if you're using David, you're, you're adding, point. yeah, you're going to add so many layers to that conversation that we will not have time to because, so in, in that situation, <laughs> why I wanted and, to put it and, out there. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about, I'll call it a compliant driven industry or business, um, mm -hmm. a lot of times they're not going to want some of that data stored in our environment, they're going to want it in theirs. Oh, I'm not saying it should go in our environment. That, that yeah. those words did it, not come off my lips. I'm no, sure. okay, <laughs> okay. The, the the other thing is though, there are functions that you can leverage or or features that you can leverage in the tenant to better protect that data from changes, so that the data can't get removed. I I think one of the SharePoint features is, and and maybe I'm mixing it up in terms of the the language. I wanted to say customer lockbox, but I think that's actually something else. But there's there's a function where only data can go in and it can't be changed after that. And so whether there was, yeah, exactly. So I, I want to say there's additional protections you can theoretically put. In so place that's my point is, is you got to have those additional yeah. controls in place because yeah. while everything you're saying is absolutely true and it is easy to set up and configure and everybody can be very happy with the results. It's when that particular situation comes up, if you haven't thought about it ahead of time that you're going to say, wow, what 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 happened? And right. So, yeah, right. and, I, and in, I think that put that, that in your plan. To, right? Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say that. I think that needs to be part yeah. of whatever your incident response plan is. Knowing that there are going to be situations where you don't have mm -hmm. access to your environment, and in those cases, what files or systems should you have hard copies somewhere? <laughs> you know, yeah. so how often something, are you? Yeah. Some something. I don't know what yeah. it is. I'm not even yeah. sure I have a good answer. Like I have a lot of different options, but I'm not sure which one's the best. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. So we have we have a few more minutes. I don't know. Does anybody yeah. want to share uh, an example? Or I, I've got I've got another one. I can. That was a, a real use case, but I don't want to take all the uh, all the time myself. <laughs> so I, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> we, we had this this little law firm, and the, and how their workflow was. Um, they didn't want to necessarily, and I don't know. It was like way that um, they were managing their files or folders within. So to give everybody background, like Teams, OneDrive, SharePoint, they're all kind of integrated in and, and there's like a backend connection when it comes to file and storage management. And so as you create a team in the background, what users <coughs> don't know is a SharePoint site gets created. And then as you create channels, like folders get created and things of that nature. And what was happening was is they were creating folders directly in SharePoint, but it wasn't creating the channels, which is what they actually wanted at the same time because they wanted communication around that folder or client to be also generated and, and centralized. So we were able to create a flow um, that whenever they made a folder within that SharePoint site, it automatically created a channel. So there's some pretty interesting things that like, hey, yeah, it's not built into Microsoft to work that way in terms of like, if you create a channel, 
it'll create a folder. But if you create a folder, it doesn't create a channel. Right. But you can do do things to kind of facilitate those workflows. So uh, I, the reason why I bring that up is I, I just say, like, think outside of the box. Like, just because this doesn't work with your workflow right now doesn't mean you can't use a flow to to work that way um, or work the way you work. Do you guys do this for your clients? Meaning, is this part of your agreement with them? Or do you charge a consulting fee to help and build these things with them? Do you advertise that you do it? So we, we usually build them as a project. Um, but I, I wish we did a better job in terms of just like educating on... The problem right. is, is there's so much that Microsoft provides. Yeah. And, you know, how, how much time does everybody have in the world? Like uh, yeah. our clients are busy. <laughs> they, they don't want to have a meeting with me every single week and talk about what's new from Microsoft. So we try and share like maybe some of the key items or where we're seeing success someplace with, uh, with other customers when we see there's an issue going on or if they make mention of it. Um, but I do think that it's something that personally we could do a better job educating, which I mean, honestly is why, I do this with you guys because I'm yeah. hoping, you know, more people see or hear some of the stuff we're talking about are like, Oh wow. Yeah. We should do something like that. Maybe if I'm working with Brandon, Brandon can help me or not working with Brandon, I can get it, you know, an IT guy to help me do this. I think yeah, the, the, the takeaway should be that um, any business can benefit from some use of forms and, and automation. Uh, there's, there's not one. <laughs> If we sit down with a client, it's just not hard to Brandon's point to sit down and say, hey, all right, let's talk about your security. Let's talk about flow and automate and power automate. It's hard to get into that conversation. Not hard. It's just there has to be a purpose. And every business can benefit from this, though. I, I propose as a group that we come up with a list of 10 commonly used good flows that we can pre-build and then set up templates to automate that process and kind of make that like a choice list to our clients. Um, you know, hey, here's the things we have that are already there. And that gives them, them some exposure to it and they can see the benefit of it without really investing anything more than two minutes to pick one or two yeah. or three or four. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to be crazy, but it can be something that's useful to anybody, right? And I think if we all just came up with two of them, we put a list together, we could have that kind of in our playbook and th yeah. that would just be beneficial. Now, look, I mean, if you want to, you know, in, in, for from our perspective, WinStar, we, we do want to educate our clients and we give them those simple things as much as we can to bring value. But we'll also bring in developers. Like if you want to go nuts, we can get yeah. Power BI and, you know, we can, we can do advanced services behind that. But that's that you know those are companies who have specific real real business needs that are driving that desire uh and that's more like a staff augmentation kind of thing so it's not for everybody but it is certainly you know sometimes the better approach yeah agreed agreed cool all right guys <clears throat> about a time here um Anything else to close out with? I think I think we pretty much I think without getting riveting too, stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe maybe like like David said, build we could build some and then kind of put something together and just go over that. And, and yeah, no, I like that regroup. idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you five and I'll give David five. And then we'll watch. Um, <laughs> Whatever. I mean, like you know, again, we can we can even do a, a you know another reboot on it and we can demonstrate them right or something. Yeah. 
shout people, whatever. That's, whatever's I mean, good. Whatever helps. Agreed. Because Agreed. you're right. There's a world of stuff there and nobody has time for it all. But the bottom line is everybody needs more time. And mm-hmm. these things can give that to them. Yeah. So sure. we've got to find a way to communicate that because that only adds value. And, and that's what I know. That's what all of us are trying to do. And we can market it as give us 30 minutes. We'll save you an hour. Something. You know, and, and, <laughs> you know I got, you know, yeah, 5%. I don't know, whatever the yeah. little gecko guy says or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, whatever. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Have a good week. Have a good see week. Take care. Everybody.